Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today. What, what a great day to celebrate God, and uh, that was such a great offering message. I double tithe today. I just I gave two times what I was supposed to give, so excited. And what an amazing thing to see all the people that got baptized in the last couple of weeks. Can we give God one more hand clap for that? You know, that's, that, that means the church is doing something. Like, we're actually influencing people. That means the Word works. And then aren't you thankful that God's Word works? And uh, we get to see our friends and our families just make incredible decisions for Jesus Christ. Uh, we got a lot of people watching from all over the world. We got Australia. We've got Ireland. The Bahamas. Hey, I think I know who that is. I think I know who that is. And you should have invited me. Everybody needs pastoral care in the Bahamas. So, Peru. Um, now, y'all do this to me every week. M.I., Michigan. I should know this by now. I'm going to have to study. Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Connecticut, Maine or Massachusetts, M.A., V.T., which is uh, Vermont or Virginia Tech, or either one, New York, New Jersey, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, Texas, and New Hampshire. Let's give it up for all of our online streamers. Very, very exciting. Uh, my name's Troy Maxwell. My wife and I are the senior pastors here. And uh, give it up for your campus pastors, Pastor Stephanie, Pastor Aaron. You guys stand up. Make sure you meet them in the lobby. If you're new to Freedom House, we're one church, many different locations, or one house, many different rooms. We have campuses all over the city. And so if you have a friend in another part of Charlotte, you can invite them. If you have a friend that lives in another part of the world, you can invite them to join us. And uh, we have live communicators at every one of our campuses. Uh, we don't do video. I'm not a video fan. So uh, I'd rather for you to watch TV at home and come to a live speaker at church. And so we have uh, great, great speakers that, that, that show up every single week. My wife is speaking today, and Pastor Adam is there. And uh, we're starting a brand new series today that's going to carry us through this entire month called Dark Versus Light. Darkness Versus Light. And I want to start by reading some scriptures to you today. And so if you want to follow along, you can get your iPad out, your iPhone. I'd encourage you to take some notes today. Uh, the topic or the, the title of this message is Discerning with Diligence discerning with diligence. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Beloved, look at your neighbor, say, you are a beloved. You are a beloved. Beloved, he's talking to you and me. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, in the passion paraphrase, it says, The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, out of the Passion. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh, 
sounds like today. They will seek out teachers <clears throat> with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. Let me give you one more. Acts chapter 5, verse 36 and 37. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joining him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census. Different Judas than the one who uh, killed himself. And drew away many people after him. He, was, he also perished, and also who obeyed all who obeyed him were dispersed. Now, I read those verses because what is interesting is all four of those verses were written, I would dare say, within 30 years of Jesus being crucified. So think about that for a second. That Paul and Peter and Luke wrote these chapters, these verses, just 30 years after Jesus died, all right? Now, let's just think back 50 years from today. Think about this. In the 70s, we had Jim Jones. Those of you that were alive in the 70s, raise your hand if you were mature like that. Raise your hand. If you don't know who Jim Jones was, he was a cult leader, and he created this city, uh, Jim Jones City, and they all that's where they get the, the, the term drink the Kool-Aid, and so they all drank Kool-Aid that was laced, and they died. 900 people committed suicide following Jim Jones. In the 80s, we had David Koresh, the Branch Davidians. Um, uh, we had, in the 90s, we had Heaven's Gate, which was a mass suicide. 39 people died. And you say, well, man, those are just cults. I would never be involved in anything like that. Well, how about 2023? We've got what's called the woke movement. A liberal agenda, churches, leaders, pastors that are being pulled away from the truth. I mean, think about it. Think about it. If you really love people, then you'll let them change their genders to whatever gender they want. I mean, if you really love them. I mean, if you're really a Christian, you know, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself, then you're going to let them pretty much change to whatever gender. They can mutilate themselves. They can make those decisions. I mean, if you really love someone, you'll let them have an abortion. I mean, it's their choice and it's their body. If you really love them, if you really love them, if you really love someone, then they can really marry whoever they want. Whether it's their guy, they can marry another guy. If they're a girl, they can marry another girl. I mean, if you really love your kids, then they, you don't have to decide what their gender is at birth. You can let them decide when they're four, five, six, seven, eight years old. And you say, well, that's just crazy. Welcome to America. This is what I call the doctrine of empathy that is taking over the doctrine of the Bible. Now, how do I discern? How do I decide? Because there's all this information and all this, these philosophies and theories that are coming at me from every side, from my family. I mean, some of us are sitting here today and our families are not in church. They're mad at you because you made a decision because you had a conviction and you decided to go a specific direction. You're, some of your friends, some of you lost your job because you had a conviction and you decided to go a different direction. What do you do? What do you believe? Who do you trust? 
I mean, it's life or death. What church you go to today? I've got a key, and the key to being not deceived is understanding how to discern, which is a real gift that we can all participate in. Second Peter chapter 2, it says, But there were also lying prophets among the people then, just as there will be lying religious leaders among you. They'll smuggle in destructive divisions, pitting you against each other. This is happening right now. So we don't have to live in the dark. We can know the truth and live in the light. And how do we do that? We just invite the light in. Look, whenever you invite light in, darkness is exposed and has to run. Truth is not a weapon that you beat people up with. It's a filter that is needed for us to, to remain in our relationship with God. So we have to learn how to discern in diligence, with diligence. Understand this this great gift that God has given us because all of us are gonna be posed with questions. All of us are gonna be, we're gonna have all kinds of decisions that we're facing, not just the big ones that we see. Some, for some of us, it's glaringly obvious which direction that we should go. Some of us, we, we get in arguments with people about the direction that we go. And so we all have crucial decisions that we have to make in life. Should I move to this city? I mean, I just got this great job. Uh, they offered me this new promotion, and I'm going to make, you know, you know, 20% more. But, you know, I've been living here for the last 20 years. I've got a great church. Should I pick up my family? My kids are young. They're involved in school. They're connected with friends. But look, God's, God's obviously in the blessing business. Does it just, I got a 20% raise. Does that mean God is telling me that I need to move? Or do I decide based on the relation? You know, these are all hard decisions. Some of us are dating somebody right now. It's the first person we've dated in a long time that had a job. I mean, I met them on Christian Mingle, so they have to be saved. They have to, they're showing all the signs of loving God. I mean, he's got green eyes. He's got a big old cross around his neck. He shaves his chest so I can see it real good. He comes to church, he talks about God, is he the one? These are big decisions. Two most important decisions you ever make in your life is giving your heart to Jesus and who you marry, right? Should, should, I, should I partner with this person in business? You know, that they're showing all the signs. I got the money, I got the ideas. Should I take this big step? I mean, this is a big company. I can see the future in this. Should I connect with them? And, and because, I mean, this is about my future. This is about my family's future. Should I partner with them? Every day we make these decisions. A level of discernment is needed in our everyday life. Even with the biggest, I think sometimes we, we think of discernment that it's reserved for the big decisions. You know what I'm saying? But, listen, discernment is not just for the spiritually elite. A lot of people depend on me. They'll come to me and go, Pastor, what do you think? Putting all the pressure on me. You know why you do that? Because then if it doesn't work out, you can blame me. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't give you those answers. Well, should, what do you think about this guy? My question is, what do you think? Well, should I make this move? Well, what do you think you should do? Have you talked to God? My first question is going to be, have you talked to God? Well, I'm talking to you first. Now, hold on, time out, time out. 
So it's not reserved for the spiritual elite, the one who prays good in your life group. The one, the one that seems to lead the discussions and always has the right answers. Well, they obviously have discernment. They've never made a bad decision that, that you know, ever, never. No, they have made lots of bad decisions. We all make bad decisions all the time. Look at your neighbor. Say he's talking about the 1115 service right now. Look at him. <laughs> so let's understand something about discernment. Discernment is a gift for every believer. Every believer can operate in the gift of discernment. It's a gift that the Holy Spirit makes available to every single one of us. Let me, let me, let me prove it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is what is known as the gifts of the Spirit chapter. There are three, uh, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all gave us gifts, gifts, okay? The Father gave us gifts, Romans chapter 12. All of us have those gifts, leadership, giving, administration, all those gifts. In Ephesians chapter 4, Jesus gave gifts to the church. Pastor, uh, prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle. Now, the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gives us gifts as well. Let me read, let me read just a couple verses here from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unknowing. Okay, I want you to understand this is what Paul's saying. Well, God is saying, I want you to understand all of these gifts because all of these gifts, all of them are available for every single believer. And he says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. He's talking about these gifts. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. That's Ephesians chapter four. Jesus gives different ministries. And there are diversities of activities but it's the same God. That's Romans chapter 12 where God gives all those gifts. Who works all in all, but the manifestation or these gifts in operation in our lives is given to each one for the profit of all. So, listen to me. Your ability to discern doesn't just help you. It helps everyone around you. Let me say that one more time. Because it's not just about you. So these gifts, and I'm going to give you the nine gifts, and we're going to focus on discernment today. These nine gifts are given to you for the profit of everybody. So your ability to walk in those right decisions, and let's be honest, it's real easy to make a decision on right and wrong. That should be pretty easy. I didn't get many amens here at church. That was a trick question. Uh, I don't know. Okay, the right answer is yes. The tough discernment is when it's good or God. Okay? So when it's good, just because it's good doesn't necessarily mean it's God. Are you following me? Easy, right and wrong. Tough, good, God. So discernment helps us understand good or God. These nine gifts. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are what are called the speaking gifts. Everybody can participate in those. Every one of us can prophesy. Matter of fact, you've probably prophesied over somebody and you didn't even know it. You probably spoke encouragement, comfort, and conviction in someone's life, and you didn't even know it. Now, you know it when you do it to your kids, but I'm talking about other people, okay? 
The power gifts are healings, miracles, and faith. You probably operated in those and you didn't even know it. You probably at one time prayed a prayer in your life that you go, I can't believe I just prayed that prayer. And then it came to pass and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that came to pass. That's faith. That's the gift of faith. You've said things, you've done things, you've stepped out on things, you've, you've, you've prayed things, you've, you, you've connected with people and, and ideas and, and you just did it by faith, power gift. Then there's what are called the revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discernment. It reveals things to you. So discernment is something you can get better at with use. The more you discern, the better you become at it. Understand that discernment and wisdom are brothers. You ask for wisdom, you exercise discernment. So James tells us that, hey, if you need wisdom for anything, then ask. God, you give it liberally to me. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the godly application of godly knowledge. And then you exercise discernment. And the way you get better at discerning is you move towards those decisions. Hebrews chapter five, verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You may remember in, uh, and I've been reading for First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles and all those books about uh, the kings and everything. And you know, David had a son named Solomon and Solomon became the king. Do you remember what Solomon did? He, God came to him and said, hey, what do you want? That'd be a pretty cool situation, wouldn't it? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about if God came to you and said, hey, what do you want? I, man, I, first of all, I'd take some time. Like, hmm. Can I get back to you on that one? I wouldn't rush to an answer. If you rush to an answer, that's not wisdom. You don't want to rush on that answer. If God comes and you sits down into in your bed one morning, wakes up, you wake up and you go, oh, God, what you doing here? He looks over at you, sweetheart, what you want? Uh, let's wait till the end of the day, God. I don't want to answer that one right away. Now, what's interesting is when God came to Solomon, Solomon knew exactly what he wanted. And he says, he says, I want wisdom. I want, in other words, he wants wisdom and, and he also wanted discernment because they're brothers. So when you get wisdom, you get discernment. When you get discernment, you get wisdom. And so, so these two work together. So when, God, when the Holy Spirit drops this ability to discern, really what he's doing is giving you the wisdom to take the step and to exercise that discernment to be able to divide good and God, right and wrong. And so, so Solomon says, I want wisdom. And God says, that's a great answer, Solomon. I'm not only gonna give you wisdom, I'm also gonna give you wealth. And he became the richest man. Now, you remember the first time he was tested? It's interesting what happened. So these two women, prostitutes, come to him, and both of them had a baby. And they come to Solomon and go, hey, and one of the babies has died. And the women are arguing over the one baby that's left. And one woman says, that's my baby. And the other woman says, that's my baby. And one of them says, hey, listen, when she fell asleep, she fell asleep on the baby and killed the baby. And then she came and took my baby and, and put the dead one with me and the live one. And you remember what Solomon did? Solomon said, get a sword. And you know, everybody's freaking out. Get a sword. Divide the baby in half. Wisdom. You're like, what? 
Because what ended up happening is the real mom said, no, 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 she can have him. Okay, so what, what Solomon was doing was trying to discern between what was right and what was wrong, and God gave him wisdom along with that discernment to say, get the sword, so he could figure out who the real mom was. Are you following me? See, you'll never know what's right and wrong if you don't know what's right and wrong. I know that's deep, man, that's real deep, but it's so truth. What I mean by that is, is God is the ultimate source of discernment. So let me give you some easy ways to start off your discerning journey, okay? So the first question in any decision is you ask yourself, what does God's word say? What does God's word say? So before you Google it, before you ask AI, chat GPT, before, before you go to your friend, your mom, your dad, before you run to the pastor, what does God's word say about it? What, what does God's word say about your situation? Well, you know, pastor, I did that, but it's a little gray. Okay, the next question is, what is God's will? So what is God's word, what is God's will? Because if you know that, then you'll know God's way. If you know God's word and you know God's will, then what is God's, then you'll know God's way. You'll know which direction you should go. It's extremely difficult, extremely difficult. Let me say it again. Extremely difficult to hear God's voice if you have not been in God's word. Extremely difficult. The easiest way to hear God's voice is to spend time in his word. So follow God in the areas you should know and he will lead you in the areas you don't. Let me say that again. Follow God in the areas that you do know. Take the step, and then he'll, he'll, he'll help you with the areas that you don't know. You stick to his word. He, Hosea says, let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment and list, listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. So let me give you three things that'll help you with your discernment and then we'll go home. Number one is discernment is listening first. Action is not always the answer. Now this is hard for me because I'm an action-oriented guy. All right, so I'm a knock down the door, don't wait and ring the bell. That's the way I live. That's the way I've always lived. That's very dangerous because I can hurt people, I can do things that I shouldn't do. I can find myself in a situation where I need God to bail me out that if I would have just listened first, I wouldn't need the bailing out in the first place. Come on, don't raise your hand if that's you, but come on, you know it's you. We've all been there. We've all been there. Like We're like, I shouldn't have done that. God saved me. Right? That's because we're a knock down the door kind of person. We're just gonna knock it down, get in there, and then... I'm not supposed to be in this house, God. <laughs> People ask me all the time, they ask me, what is the hardest part of your job as a pastor? Hardest part of your job. Normally, and I would say there, there's three really hard parts to my job, but I would say top, top three, one of the three at different times in my life is 
me making sure that what I'm saying to you is from God. So I take that very highly. Like, that's a big responsibility to me. I don't just, you know, I don't Google discerning with diligence and get an outline and then bring it to you. Like, I spend time in prayer and, and think about this and study. And, you know, people ask me, how long does it take you to prepare a message? Probably 15 to 20 hours to just do one message. And so I think about that a lot. Now, what I've learned is I've learned how to listen over 30 years, taking me a long time. I'm still getting better. My wife says I need a lot of work. Still. Um, but when I prepare a message, okay, which, and I want you to understand this. I'm trying to get you to understand how to do this in your own life. You are preparing your life every day to deal with your job, to deal with your spouse, to make a decision on moving money or make an investment. You are, you are in a position where you're gonna have to discern all the time. So for me, part of my job is making sure that I'm saying the right things to you, that I'm listening to God and bringing a message that's relevant, that's answering the questions that you're asking. That, and I don't get to sit down with all of it, be great. You know, but I don't get to sit down with all of you and say, hey, that's life. Let me tell And then I get to, no, it doesn't work that way. So I've learned to sit down and just calm myself down and say, God, what do you want me to do? And the Holy Spirit has been doing this for a lot of years. He starts thumbing through my experiences, my life, the Bible that I know, and everything that I've learned. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like he's just going through the files in my head and my heart. And where he needs to download, he downloads. Where he needs to upload, he uploads. And so what ends up happening is when I sit down and I, I'm trying to discern and listen, I'll just sit down. He starts thumbing through, just, just picking through all the little things, the intricacies, and, and a story will pop up that I've never thought about, like for 20 years, and all of a sudden it'll just pop up. And that's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. And so the first step to discerning is learning how to listen. It's a gift, yes, but it requires, listen, surrender. Which sometimes is really, really difficult. Surrendering means that you have to say, I need help. And then trust God has the answers for your help. So do you have a listening ear? What am I hearing? Do I have a listening heart? What am I sensing, feeling? Do I have a listening spirit? What is the Holy Spirit impressing upon me? Listening for discernment requires you quieting your soul, which in this day and age is extremely difficult. We are, we are so in tuned with our phones, we don't even have to keep the ringers on anymore. We can hear them buzz in another room. Right? Bzz, bzz. Oh, my phone just rang. You don't even have it. I know, I just felt it. It's just like, we have this thing, me and my phone. He feels me, I feel him, and we just, bzz, bzz. I know that's, that's my wife calling, I know it. No, quieting yourself means shutting everything else around her. Now, this is gonna be hard for you. This is not easy. Because what's gonna happen is you're gonna go try this, maybe, Hopefully you will. You're gonna go home tomorrow or you're gonna wake up in the morning tomorrow and you're gonna sit down, you're gonna close, you're gonna, I'm gonna do what Pastor Troy said, I'm gonna listen. And you're gonna close your eyes and you're gonna think three hours went by and like 60 seconds has gone by. 
and you're gonna be so frustrated, you're gonna have to practice this. Now, what I do is I have learned how to quiet my soul in order, because there's big decisions that we have to make and you have to make. And so I've learned to quiet my soul down. One of the ways I do it is I don't, I get in the car and I don't turn on anything. People find it very awkward. I ride in the car and there's no music, no news, nothing. I roll the windows up, I turn the air conditioner on, the heat on, and I just listen to God. Sometimes he talks, sometimes he doesn't. But what I notice is his presence is there. His peace is there. I'll sit in my office. I'll shut everything down. No music. I'm just, I put my phone way away, turn it off, whatever I need to do, and I just disconnect myself. No screens, nothing. You say, I, I don't know what that's not even. No, I'm telling you, it'll help you. It'll help you because you have to listen first. Listen first. And when you open, when you surrender your heart to God, he'll start to download things to you. And you'll start making the right decisions, the godly decisions, not just the good decisions. Second thing, discernment is in the details. When I, I was in college, I worked at a bank. I was a bank teller. And uh, this was before computers, so you had to use like a tape, like a uh, adding machine, and you had tape on it. And one of the first things that they taught you is how to recognize counterfeit money, how to recognize it. Now, what would you say is the best way to know if money is counterfeit or not? Is to know what's real. So what they taught us is what to look for on real money and then determine when you feel, when you look at fake money to know, oh, that's counterfeit because I know what real is. So when it comes to discernment, one of the most important things that you can do is know what is real and what is counterfeit. This is extremely important in what we're dealing with right now in our culture. Now, I'm gonna, the last thing I'm going to tell you is really going to help you with that, but I thought about this when I was preparing. My wife loves Diet Coke, loves Diet Coke. And so we travel, you know, we go on vacation sometimes when we go to other countries. And interesting thing, you may not know this, but sodas in other countries are not the same as sodas in America. Even Diet Coke, as bad as it is for you, it's just as bad in other countries, but she, she has the ability. I've tested her. I've tried so many times to fake her out with Diet Coke. She'll sit, that's not Diet Coke. Dang it. You know, I'm trying to save some money because Diet Coke's expensive. I was getting like the, the C-O-L-A-A brand from, you know, Food Liar, you know, and, and just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to fake her out. We'll go to other countries. You get a, can I have a Diet Coke? Yeah, they're bringing, like, this isn't Diet Coke. She can tell the difference because she understands what is real. One of the things I've meditated on during this season of in the last probably five or six years is 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. See, judging and deciding are much easier when you know what's right to begin with 
And so when you, when you get into the details of the situation, what does that mean? Careful observation. So if you're making a decision, discernment in a, in a situation, be careful to observe from all different angles. So not only are you inviting God into the situation, but you're also inviting maybe some mature Christians, maybe somebody that doesn't know you that, that well, so because they can have a totally different perspective than you. See, typically what we do when it comes to, to discerning is we find people that agree with our opinion and go so, seek them out. Because we want this answer to be this. We don't, and so we'll, we'll, somebody else tell us something different and be like, no, no I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. Matter of fact, there's a story where Jehoshaphat goes to another king and says, hey, we need to get a prophet, and there's one, this prophet over here, and he goes, yeah, but I don't like that prophet. He always gives me bad news. And so he, he says, well, yeah, but we still need to give him. The truth is, is the one with the bad news was the one that was right in the situation. So don't just limit yourself. Be, be ob observing all the time from every angle. Do a thoughtful analysis of it. As you're quietly thinking about it, let God, let God download those things. Dig some. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Last thing is discernment is about timing. Timing. If you are ever in doubt, wait. Let me say that again. If you're ever in doubt, just wait. God is in peace. He's never in chaos, disorder. Take your time. Don't rush. Every situation we deal with has the ability to provide a level of discernment. So every time you go through something, it provides you with the ability to make a better decision in the future. Because that's the exercising of that gift. It's very practical, guys. This is a very practical message today. Let me, let me throw you throw an idea out to you. You ever thought about this? In 1 Peter chapter five, the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Revelation chapter five, however, says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay, so both Jesus, follow me here, and the devil have lion-like characteristics. So how do you know the difference between the two? How do you know if it's God speaking to you or the devil speaking to you? Great question, isn't it? Okay, here's how you do. Fruit. Fruit. Fruit takes time. It takes time. But what many Christians do is they get fascinated with the flowers and they make a decision before the fruit comes out. They get so fascinated with the blooming of the tree and they don't wait until the fruit comes out. Let me tell you something. I have been saved more times than one waiting on the fruit, waiting on the fruit. There's been many, many times in the history of this church and you know, just my Christian walk where a ministry pops up or a leader pops up, and now this is my realm, okay? And, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon with this person. And I said, I'm gonna wait, see what happens. Well, Troy, man, he's really, miracles are happening, and this is going on, and that's happening, and that's, ha you know, the devil's, the, 
The Bible tells us the devil will masquerade like an angel of light. So how do I know the difference? You mean you're calling that guy the devil? No, 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 I'm not, call, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is be patient, wait. You meet this guy, everything looks good. Like I said, he's got a job. You go meet his parents, his parents are normal. You know, kinda. I mean, yours aren't all that good either, but you know, on the scale of like one to 10, they're probably up there with yours or maybe better than yours. You're like, oh my gosh. Maybe we should start dating. Wait. Be patient. Well, but, 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 you know, I, there ain't many out there. God's got one for you. Girl or God, wait. Be patient. Just wait. Yeah, but, but it's been three months. Yeah, but you're about to make the commitment for the rest of your life. You could probably wait another three months. Yeah, but we want to have sex. Oh, hold on, time out. Time out. Don't allow some physical act to determine your future. Wait, wait, surrender. Don't get fascinated with the flowers. Wait for the fruit, wait for the fruit. Many times, man, I've watched guys come, they, they start, and everybody jumps on the background. I've waited, and then everything is exposed. The fruit comes out, and I'm going, oh my gosh, thank you, God, for teaching me this one principle. Fruit takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. The last thing I want to say, this isn't part of actual discernment, but the last thing I want to say is don't miss Jesus in your situation, in your life. I was reading, studying this, and God sent me to this one passage. It broke my heart. John chapter one, for the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. Everybody look at me, look at me. The greatest discernment you'll ever practice is recognizing that Jesus is your redeemer. He's your savior. He's your best friend. He's your confidant. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your freedom. He's your future. He'll be everything for you. That's who he is. Don't ever, let's make sure that we don't walk away from the very one who cares the most about us. Let's stand to our feet. I wanna pray for you today. Father, we love you today. We're so grateful to be in your presence. I know, I know, God, that there are big decisions that people need to make here in this room, who are watching online. They are on, they, they are right at the point of of crisis, they're right at the point of, of an important move, a, a decision, a step, a relationship, a job, a partnership, a new house, an investment, a ministry. Father, we ask you to reveal the counterfeit. Father, we ask you to help us see the details, to understand your timing. 
God, if we need to just pull back and wait, God, I pray that you would impress that upon us. Holy Spirit, come and just speak to us. Our ears are open to hear what your voice is saying. We want to follow your voice. We want to follow your peace. We want to follow you. Just listen for a second. Just listen for his presence. Listen for his voice. He promises to speak to us. If if you haven't heard yet, just wait. Be patient. You don't have to keep throwing fleeces out there. Just wait. Wait on him. Surrender your plan. Although such a good plan for God's plan. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I feel Jesus in this room today. I feel his presence here. I think, I know, I know. I believe that there are people within the sound of my voice, listening online, right in this room, that you've been deciding whether you wanted to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, he came into your world. He's here right now. That, That sense you're feeling, that, that pull that you have, that, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you to a Father who loves you. He wants to introduce you to a, a friend, a confidant, a, a person in, in Jesus Christ who saved you 2,000 years ago. His blood is available to wash you of all your mistakes and all your bad decisions and help you make great decisions, godly decisions moving forward. If you're head, here, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, that's me, you know what? I am now aware of Jesus. I wanna, I wanna receive him as my savior, as my Lord, as my redeemer. I wanna make sure that I spend eternity with him in heaven, but I also wanna make sure that I'm living, I don't wanna live another day without him in my life, in my marriage, in my business in my family, in my house. If that's you, you say, that's, that's me, Pastor, I really want that. Would you just, just so I can know who I'm praying for, just raise your hand up high, I wanna pray for you today. Thank you, yeah, I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, ma'am, thank you. I see your hand over here, thank you, guys. I see your hand all the way in the back, that's awesome. I know there are many people online that are making that decision. Now, you raise that first hand, I want you to just lift up that other hand. And let's all of us do that together. Let's all just surrender to God. Lift up both hands to heaven as high as you can. God, we surrender to you today. And I want us to pray this prayer out loud, a prayer of dedication, a prayer of declaration over our lives. If you raised your hand, let's make this prayer real between you and God and everyone around you. Let's pray this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, everybody together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ saved me. Thank you, Jesus, for washing me clean by your blood. Every bad decision is washed away. Every mistake, every sin is washed away. I believe that Jesus, you were raised from the dead 
so I can begin a new life, a life full of your presence. In Jesus' name, I'll just thank him for it. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Father, I pray these decisions that people make, this, this new, a new level of discernment will hit Freedom House Church. A new level of, of understanding, a new level of wisdom will hit our church, God. I believe it as we exercise. God, I pray that as people take steps to hear your voice, you'll speak clearly, leading us in Jesus' name. We love you so much, God. Aren't you thankful, church? Come on, let's give God a big hand clap. Hope you learned something today.